Pastor Xavier Reese says, you'll find a standard of quality when there's quality in the standard. Not only is the Bible God's revelation of himself and man's lost condition, but God's inspired word. Not only in the things pertaining to life and practice, but history, archaeology, science. There has never been anything to contradict the Bible. What you possess in your lap is inerrant, infallible, and you can trust it for all eternity. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Word, the Scripture, the Old and New Testaments. We know the Bible by various terms, and it's no wonder, because of its vast influence in so many areas contained within its pages. And that's the simple truth that Pastor Xavier sets out to illustrate for us in a message today titled, So You Don't Believe the Bible. Here he gets things started with some background for today's study. Voltaire, the noted 18th century French philosopher, said that it took centuries to build up Christianity. But, quote, I'll show how just one Frenchman can destroy it within 50 years, end of quote. Taking his pen, he dipped it into the ink of unbelief, and he wrote against God. Twenty years after his death, the Geneva Bible Society purchased his home for printing the Bible. And it later became the Paris headquarters for the British and Foreign Bible Society. The Bible is still a bestseller. An entire six-volume set of Voltaire's works was one soul for 90 cents. How ironic. Just before his death, the noted atheist wrote, quote, I wish I had never been born. Those words sound familiar. Didn't Jesus say it's better a man never be born who betrays the Son of Man? How interesting. With the growing opposition, antagonism, and rejection of God in the Bible as the only revelation of God to man regarding salvation, I want to show you how time proves the Bible to be the very Word of God and not just a mere book that was written by man. Now, before we get started, let me say that all of this evidence that I will give to you does not save anybody. God may use some of this evidence for you to minister and communicate, but people do not get saved by archaeological evidence, manuscript evidence, scientific evidence, or the power of my argument to persuade. They get saved by the conviction of the Holy Spirit and by hearing the word of God. Yet God may use a lot of these things for me to communicate, but he does not save by these things. Very, very important, lest we put the emphasis in the wrong place. But they're important because we deal with men, but they do not save in and of themselves. Yet God will use these things many times. Let me begin by giving you the claims of the Bible. They are not exhaustive. They are in part, but they will be sufficient. The claims of the Bible. First of all, the Bible claims to be God's revelation. God's revelation. Now, revelation is the acts of God whereby he makes himself and truth known but at any special time and to specific people. 
It is his initiation to reveal himself or truth about himself or truth about man. So the word revelation, it just means something you see, something you, you can verify. It's, it's something that's unveiled. That if it wasn't unveiled, there's no other way that we would be able to know it. Now, many people have a lot of opinions and speculations about God, the things of God, and man's origin and everything else. They're exactly that, dumb speculations and opinions. If God had not revealed himself as to who he is, how we got here, the creation or anything else, every opinion of man would be nothing but sheer speculation that would miss the mark. So we must depend upon God's revelation. There is what's called general revelation, first of all. We get that through creation. As you look up to the sky, you know it says that we didn't just land here. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Day and night they utter their words and there's no language in the earth that is not understood. Creation. It's evident. Creation is too complex. Creation is too intricate for it to have just happened. It cannot be. Things of their simple form do not evolve automatically into complex forms. Chaos does not go towards order. Something has to happen. The DNA coding in your body and mine is so incredibly intricate and so detailed that the chance factor of any of that coming together, there isn't enough chances or zeros to put behind the numbers. <laughs> you have also conscience. Conscience is God's print upon our life of right and wrong. We all are born with it. And as we begin to walk through life, we know when we do something wrong. You remember the first time you went to a store and stole a candy bar? And who told you it was wrong? Why'd you look around? Why'd your palm of your hand sweat? Why did you run all the way home the minute you turned the corner from the store? <laughs> conscience. But as we move through life, conscience is seared. It's calloused. It's restructured. It's ignored. And so we get to be older and say, well, you know, I used to think like that, you know, but now I'm an adult. <laughs> I'll pray for you. <laughs> society doesn't help our conscience at all, does it? Because society today really believes there's no right and wrong. It's a matter of preference. But also in their general revelation, there's history. History tells us that God has intervened in man's affairs many a times. The flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, the crucifixion, and many other things. History teaches us that God is. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 through 21 tells us about creation, the witness of creation. Romans chapter 2, 14 through 15 tells us about conscience. And God says, for these two things, man is without excuse about the existence of God. And so man begins to pervert the revelation of God, and he pushes God away and says, I'm God. <laughs> Good luck. 
We're not gods. We are sons and daughters of God. There's a vast difference. Now, not only general revelation, but there's special revelation. Special revelation deals with theophanies, miracles, prophecies of the Old Testament. A theophany is a visible manifestation of something that can be seen or heard or touched as evidence of God's presence. The burning bush, the cloud, the pillar of fire, a voice, a theophany, theo-God-ophany appearance. Now, anytime you have God appearing in the Old Testament, it was called a Christophany because the only one who has ever revealed the Father, John 1.18 says, is the Son. The Father has never revealed himself to anybody. And so you have theophanies and you have Christophanies in the Old Testament. These are special revelations. But special revelation also deals with the Word of God specifically for man's salvation. Now, when you get to the New Testament, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says that God, who at different times and in diverse manners spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his dear Son, who is the full infulgence in the image of the Father. And so he is the last manner by which God has revealed himself and is the fullest way that God has revealed himself. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. I do always those things that please the Father. And for that reason, Paul says that he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as Habakkuk says, the just shall live by faith alone. It's salvation to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Jesus Christ. So you have general revelation and special revelation that God has made known. Now, general revelation cannot save me. Creation cannot save me. Conscience cannot save me. History cannot save me, yet creation, history, or conscience can be a means by which that leads me to salvation towards special revelation. Because special revelation says, I'm a sinner, and you have a Savior, and you need to repent. That's special revelation, you see? That tells me how I can get to God. So that's important. Many people say, well, I believe in God. You know, I just go out there and just... Appreciate God's creation, and I'm close to God. I like to go to the mountains because I'm closer to God. Well, you might be maybe at five, ten thousand feet closer to heaven, but you know, it doesn't make you closer to God. <laughs> There's a lot of people that go out there and hug trees, but they don't believe in God. So we have to be careful how we communicate that. The fool has said in his heart, No God, Psalm 14, 1. And Romans chapter 1 tells us that men became fools because they worshiped the creature more than the creator, which is blessed forevermore. They changed the natural use of the woman, the man. They perverted the worship of God to four-footed beasts and images and everything else. And so God gave them over to, to unclean thoughts, vile affections, reprobate minds. They knew God. They didn't want to retain him in his true image. And so they began to corrupt it. But not only... Is the Bible, the Word of God, God's revelation of Himself and man's lost condition? But the Bible is God's inspired Word. Now, inspiration is the supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit upon divinely chosen men, in consequence of which their writings became trustworthy and authoritative. 
So revelation has to do with revealing God, his mind, his purpose, his plan, his desires. Inspiration has to do with the recording of God's word so that it, what you possess in your lap is inerrant, infallible, and you can trust it for all eternity. Inspiration deals with recording God's truth, making it, as I just said, infallible, inerrant. Not only in the things pertaining to life and practice, but history, archaeology, science, not man's theories. There has never been anything to contradict the Bible, scientifically or archaeologically. I'm talking about true science. I'm not talking about man's theories of evolution. Pastor Xavier Reese says you'll find a standard of quality when there's quality in the standard. Not only is the Bible God's revelation of himself and man's lost condition, but God's inspired word. Not only in the things pertaining to life and practice, but history, archaeology, science. There has never been anything to contradict the Bible. What you possess in your lap is inerrant, infallible, and you can trust it for all eternity. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The Word, the Scripture, the Old and New Testaments. We know the Bible by various terms, and it's no wonder, because of its vast influence in so many areas contained within its pages. And that's the simple truth that Pastor Xavier sets out to illustrate for us in a message today titled, So You Don't Believe the Bible. Here he gets things started with some background for today's study. Voltaire, the noted 18th century French philosopher, said that it took centuries to build up Christianity. But, quote, I'll show how just one Frenchman can destroy it within 50 years. End of quote. Taking his pen, he dipped it into the ink of unbelief, and he wrote against God. Twenty years after his death, the Geneva Bible Society purchased his home for printing the Bible. And it later became the Paris headquarters for the British and Foreign Bible Society. The Bible is still a bestseller. An entire six-volume set of Voltaire's works was one soul for 90 cents. How ironic. Just before his death, the noted atheist wrote, quote, I wish I had never been born. Those words sound familiar. Didn't Jesus say it's better a man never be born who betrays the Son of Man? How interesting. With the growing opposition, antagonism, and rejection of God in the Bible as the only revelation of God to man regarding salvation, I want to show you how time proves the Bible to be the very Word of God and not just a mere book that was written by man. Now, before we get started, let me say that all of this evidence that I will give to you does not save anybody. God may use some of this evidence for you to minister and communicate, but people do not get saved by archaeological evidence, manuscript evidence, scientific evidence, or the power of my argument to persuade. 
They get saved by the conviction of the Holy Spirit and by hearing the word of God. Yet God may use a lot of these things for me to communicate, but he does not save by these things. Very, very important, lest we put the emphasis in the wrong place. But they're important because we deal with men. But they do not save in and of themselves. Yet God will use these things many times. Let me begin by giving you the claims of the Bible. They are not exhaustive. They are in part, but they will be sufficient. The claims of the Bible. First of all, the Bible claims to be God's revelation. God's revelation. Now, revelation is the acts of God whereby he makes himself and truth known but at any special time and to specific people. It is his initiation to reveal himself or truth about himself or truth about man. So the word revelation, it just means something you see, something you, you can verify. It's, it's something that's unveiled. That if it wasn't unveiled, there's no other way that we would be able to know it. Now, many people have a lot of opinions and speculations about God, the things of God, and man's origin and everything else. They're exactly that, dumb speculations and opinions. If God had not revealed himself as to who he is, how we got here, the creation or anything else, every opinion of man would be nothing but sheer speculation that would miss the mark. So we must depend upon God's revelation. There is what's called general revelation, first of all. We get that through creation. As you look up to the sky, you know it says that we didn't just land here. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God. Day and night they utter their words and there's no language in the earth that is not understood. Creation. It's evident. Creation is too complex. Creation is too intricate for it to have just happened. It cannot be. Things of their simple form do not evolve automatically into complex forms. Chaos does not go towards order. Something has to happen. The DNA coding in your body and mine is so incredibly intricate and so detailed that the chance factor of any of that coming together, there isn't enough chances or zeros to put behind the numbers. <laughs> you have also conscience. Conscience is God's print upon our life of right and wrong. We all are born with it. And as we begin to walk through life, we know when we do something wrong. You remember the first time you went to a store and stole a candy bar? And who told you it was wrong? Why'd you look around? Why'd your palm of your hands sweat? Why did you run all the way home the minute you turned the corner from the store? <laughs> conscience. But as we move through life, conscience is seared. It's calloused. It's restructured. It's ignored. And so we get to be older and say, well, you know, I used to think like that, you know, but now I'm an adult. <laughs> I'll pray for you. 
Society doesn't help our conscience at all, does it? Because society today really believes there's no right and wrong. It's a matter of preference. But also in their general revelation, there's history. History tells us that God has intervened in man's affairs many a times. The flood. Sodom and Gomorrah. The crucifixion. And many other things. History teaches us that God is. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 through 21 tells us about creation, the witness of creation. Romans chapter 2, 14 through 15 tells us about conscience. And God says, for these two things, man is without excuse about the existence of God. And so man begins to pervert the revelation of God, and he pushes God away and says, I'm God. <laughs> Good luck. We're not gods. We are sons and daughters of God. There's a vast difference. Now, not only general revelation, but there's special revelation. Special revelation deals with theophanies, miracles, prophecies of the Old Testament. A theophany is a visible manifestation of something that can be seen or heard or touched as evidence of God's presence. The burning bush, the cloud, the pillar of fire, a voice, a theophany, theo-God-ophany appearance. Now, anytime you have God appearing in the Old Testament, it was called a Christophany because the only one who has ever revealed the Father, John 1.18 says, is the Son. The Father has never revealed himself to anybody. And so you have theophanies and you have Christophanies in the Old Testament. These are special revelations. But special revelation also deals with the Word of God specifically for man's salvation. Now, when you get to the New Testament, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says that God, who at different times and in diverse manners spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his dear Son, who is the full infulgence in the image of the Father. And so he is the last manner by which God has revealed himself and is the fullest way that God has revealed himself. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. I do always those things that please the Father. And for that reason, Paul says that he's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as Habakkuk says, the just shall live by faith alone. It's salvation to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Jesus Christ. So you have general revelation and special revelation that God has made known. Now, general revelation cannot save me. Creation cannot save me. Conscience cannot save me. History cannot save me, yet creation, history, or conscience can be a means by which that leads me to salvation towards special revelation. Because special revelation says, I'm a sinner, and you have a Savior, and you need to repent. That's special revelation, you see? That tells me how I can get to God. So that's important. Many people say, well, I believe in God. You know, I just go out there and just... Appreciate God's creation, and I'm close to God. I like to go to the mountains because I'm closer to God. Well, you might be maybe at five, ten thousand feet closer to heaven, but you know, it doesn't make you closer to God. 
There's a lot of people that go out there and hug trees, but they don't believe in God. So we have to be careful how we communicate that. The fool has said in his heart, no God, Psalm 14.1. And Romans chapter 1 tells us that men became fools because they worshiped the creature more than the creator, which is blessed forevermore. They changed the natural use of the woman, the man. They perverted the worship of God to four-footed beasts and images and everything else. And so God gave them over to, to unclean thoughts, vile affections, reprobate minds. They knew God. They didn't want to retain him in his true image. And so they began to corrupt it. But not only is the Bible, the word of God, God's revelation of himself and man's lost condition, but the Bible is God's inspired word. Now, inspiration is the supernatural influence of the Holy Spirit upon divinely chosen men in consequence of which their writings became trustworthy and authoritative. So revelation has to do with revealing God, his mind, his purpose, his plan, his desires. Inspiration has to do with the recording of God's word so that it, what you possess in your lap is inerrant, infallible, and you can trust it for all eternity. Inspiration deals with recording God's truth, making it, as I just said, infallible, inerrant. Not only in the things pertaining to life and practice, but history, archaeology, science, not man's theories. There has never been anything to contradict the Bible, scientifically or archaeologically. I'm talking about true science. I'm not talking about man's theories of evolution. Evolution. 